That was funny. All right, so the title of my message today is Transformers. Has anybody ever watched the movie Transformers? I had a couple talk with you guys, some of you guys. There, there was a, something that came out when I was younger. It was called, like, Bakugans. I was like, that's lame. Transformers are kind of the, the go-to. They kind of just copied it and, like, made it their way. But anyways, yeah, I grew up on the cartoon Transformers. I'm sure some of you did, too, because I think it was before my time as well. Um, <laughs> but the newer ones... Um, the newer Transformers are what I like, too. And so you know the car or the tr- semi-truck Optimus Prime, how they, they're not just a car that looks like every other car, but they change and transform. And that's going to tie into our message a little bit, okay? Um, because in Romans twelve two, it says this. It says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. It's good, pleasing, and his perfect will. And so, God didn't make us to be like the world. He didn't make us to be clones like the world, like, like, like in Transformers. He didn't make the cars. Well, God didn't make that, but the director, you get it. <laughs> the director made not the, those cars. They look like the cars but they transform into something super awesome. Does anybody, you guys can just shout out on the, on the count of three, your favorite Transformer. And if you don't, then you don't have to participate. You can just watch us awesome people. Just kidding, you're awesome too. Uh, yeah, but on a shout of three, just tell us your favorite Transformer if you know that on the count of three. One, two, three. Bumblebee is what I heard. Okay, yeah, I like that one. But I got to go with the original Optimus Prime. He's just... He's just the go-to. I mean, he's probably he's the hero too. So I know Optim- I know Bumblebee helps, but yeah, but yep. So cool. All right. Yes, but we were made not to be like the world. We were made to transform. Okay, and that happens by the renewing of our mind. And what that helps us when our mind is renewed, what it helps us to be able to test and approve of is that God's will. It, it's good. It's pleasing and it's perfect. That's the only thing that will satisfy us. Okay, and so we're made not to be like the world. But we're made to be transformed, okay? And I'm here to tell you today, you're not called to be conformed to what culture or what the world says. Or maybe some of the lies that you believed, probably all your life maybe potentially. But, but you were made to be transformed into the image of God's son of, because of what Christ has done for you. And I'm here to tell you today, you're God's children because he paid for you. He paid a price for you because he loves you. You're not a conformer but you were made to be a transformer. Isn't that awesome? Transformer, man, I think it's pretty awesome. I think about, like, man, I'm Optimus Prime. I'm pretty awesome. But, no, it's because of what God did for us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, that we didn't have to be like what the world says we are or what the lies or what Satan even told us what we are and we believed. But we thank you that you came to change us, to transform us. And it's not because of works. It's not because of anything we did. It's because of the love that you have for us. God, would you remind us of your goodness? Would you remind us of your will that it's good, it's pleasing, it's perfect? And that's the only thing that's going to satisfy us is, is relationship first with you, but it's knowing your will, knowing more of your goodness and your kindness and your love. God, would you speak to us in this place? Would you help us not to be like the world, but would you help us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind? In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. All right. So 
what I want to start with here is going all the way back to where it began. Okay, in, in Romans 12, if you read the scripture before, it talks more about just the mind here. Okay, it talks about the body, the mind, and, and your will. But I want to focus in on the mind. I don't know if some of you know, but there's been a lot of alarming news about mental health. And it's been at an all-time low, okay? Records would show that. And so I want to talk about the mind today. And it might have been a, a war for you even to get here, you here today. I don't know what you're wrestling with, but I know this. I know our minds, they're a battlefield to believe in God's word or to believe something else that was said to us that we heard, or that even Satan tried to convince us of. And so I want to I go back all the way to the beginning, where it all began, where this battle started. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis 3. Genesis 3, this would be known as the fall of man. So I'm going to go over the sad part of the story, sad part of the movie, if you will. Um, but then I'm going to talk about how we can have victory. But let's start with this. So we find uh, Adam and Eve in the garden, okay? God's made his beautiful creation. He's given them to eat of every tree, every fruit of the tree, except for one. Does anybody remember it? Knowledge of a good and evil, right? Not to eat that, okay? And so somebody come in, the antagonist or the Decepticon, if you will, if we're talking about Transformers, comes in and sneaks in here, okay? And I want to just, I, I want you to, to, to see here, this serpent was the shrewdest of all wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked woman this, but before we, we go on and talk about what he asked, I want you to think about this here. God just created all the creation and said it was good, including the things that were on the ground. So the snake was good, but he clothed himself in something that God had created because he can't create. He's not creative. He can't create something. Okay, he can't do something new. All he can do is twist it, okay, and appear as good. But, I mean, think about this for a second. This serpent, this snake, was there other talking snakes in, in the garden? It's kind of it's interesting that Eve would engage in this conversation. Don't you think that would be a little alarming? That's, that the snake that appears good, he's not. And he talks to her and engages in this conversation. And so, what was Satan's target? Or better yet, what's his goal? Still kill, destroy. You, me, Eve, people. He doesn't care about God's creation. That's his goal. Becoming conformed to this world. Pastor Brent talked about two paths. There's two paths, okay? The narrow path and the wide path. Being conformed to this world, will it'll ultimately lead us to our destruction. It'll ultimately lead us to a decision that will have to be made, and that's eternity without God. So what was Satan's target? It was Eve's mind. He couldn't control her actions, but he could trick her in her mind and that's what his weapon was deception and he was good at it he was really good at it and so satan made him ponder this question did god really say you must not eat the fruit of the the trees in the garden oh god come on you serve a god that that's like that he's holding out on you his he's not really that good why why would he hold out on that out on you so satan's grabbing god's word and just twisting it and Eve is not alarmed by any of this, okay? But she engages in it. And you know, because I'm sure you wrestle, and I know I wrestle every single day. It's a battle to believe either God's word or something else that has been going on in my mind. 
Okay? It's either I, I can hear what I'm saying to myself, I can hear what God's saying to me through his word, or it's Satan trying to trick us to make us believe everything contrary to God's word. And this is exactly what was happening in the garden. And so what was Eve's response? Go to our next slide here. Let's find out what happens. She says, of course we may eat of, from the trees in the garden. And the woman replied, go to the next slide. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. If you studied this scripture and if you studied actually what God's word says, you're going to see and find out if you really look in the scripture that Eve did not follow God's example when she was thinking about God's word. She altered the way that God's, God said his commandment. She, she altered the way God said to not eat of the tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil. And when you, when you get into that and you change God's word and, and, and you don't hear it from his heart, when Eve's reply showed us she wasn't following God's example, she was following Satan's example because that's exactly what he just tempted her with. He's like, did God really say? Is God really good? Can you trust that kind of God that holds that on you? And by her response, we see her even take the step of the bait of believing that lie. And she says, well, and she says it differently than the way God intended it. And it's twisted now. And so the devil doesn't, you know, when you take a little bite of maybe sin or what God, the, Satan has tempted you with, he doesn't just stop there. He takes it a step further. Go to our next slide here. This is what Satan says. He says, oh, you surely won't die. You're not going to die. <laughs> the serpent replied, let me go to our next slide here. He said, maybe I should follow along in my Bible. Maybe that'll be help. Uh, For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. He, he said, oh, you got a little taste of it? Here, let's get a little bit more. You can be like God. You don't have to, to, to serve a God that doesn't, he's holding out on you, and that he's not good, and he's holding back something from you. Here, let's take it a step further, and, and let's, let's see if you'll believe this, because now the devil's got her in her mind, and he, he he hears it by, based off of her response, and we can see that too. And I'm sure some of us have fell captive to that. I know I have before. And so this is what I, the point I want you to see in this. Humanity, us people, we were made to believe something. And if we don't believe truth, we're going to eventually believe lies. I said you were made to believe something because what you believe is what you worship. And it'll be tested every single day and it'll be revealed every single day. Your behavior, okay, it's not about behavior modification and changing your behaviors and setting up all those boundaries. It's not about that. Because you can set up all the boundaries and still not be good in your heart and your mind. Jesus actually would attest to that. He said, woe to you, teachers of the law of the Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup of the dish, but inside you're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup of my dish, then outside will also be clean. What was Jesus saying? It's not about your behaviors, because your behavior first started as a thought. I mean, we tell kids, hey, think about what you do. <laughs> Same applies to us, right? In the light of God's word, we need to think about what we do. Because if we don't, it's easy to follow this wide path of being conformed into the pattern of this world. And you know who's the ruler of, of, of the world or the heir, if you will? Satan. The Bible would say Satan. Okay, he has the influence of that. Now, God has ultimate victory over that. I'm not saying that he, God can't beat him. And I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying 
Satan has influence, and he's very good at what he does. He's very good at tricking us. And co- okay, and so when we start thinking like the world, you know what's going to happen? And I know this, too, because I work every day in a place with worldly people, and I know, based off of some of my responses, I'm like, wow, I need to come back to God's word and need his help because I'm responding just like everybody else around me. And I wasn't made to be like everybody else around me. I was made to be a transformer because that's what God's word says, okay? And so I need his help in my mind because a lot of times it's not a, a behavior. It's a thought. It's a perspective. And daily, our lives will reveal whether we trust God's word or we trust something else. Amen? Come on. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, For as a man thinks, so is he. This, this story would not end like this, okay? Now, God would come as a good father. I'm not going to go into the rest. Of it. I'm just going to briefly sum it up here um, just so I, we have time to get to the rest of the things here because I, I practiced yesterday, and man, I was long-winded. So I'm going to try not to do that today. But anyways, um, I'm going to kind of sum it up here. God comes as a good father after um, Eve messes up, and then Eve gives to Adam, and Adam... He has a choice to think about this. He has a choice and he knows God's word. He has relationship with God's word. And still, he was not perfect and he failed. And that's how you and me are. We can't beat sin. We can't beat Satan's weapons by ourselves. Okay, but God's given us something to win. And we'll go through that, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself here. Okay, but God, even though after they had sinned, fear, pain, depression, anxiety, okay, they hid from God, all those, all the consequences would come in, okay, because of their own sin, because of what they chose to do, because of what people chose to do, Adam and Eve chose to do, but God wouldn't stop there, he would come as a loving father and say, okay, who told you that you were naked, who told you that lie, and you believed it, he didn't say, why'd you eat of that tree, you want a spanking, <laughs> he didn't come like that, he said, Why do you, who told you that lie that you believed, that you came into agreement? You weren't naked. You were covered by me. You weren't, you weren't supposed to have your innocence stripped of you. Come on. Allow God to speak to you in that way right now. He's going to restore some innocence. He's going to restore us in this place. He's going to speak to you. God would tell him, he's a good father, and he said, there's, there's consequences to your actions. Just like any good father, any good parent, there's consequences. There's a decision. It would be known as a judgment that I'd have to be made, but it's a decision that has to be made at the end of time. And if you conform to this world, if you follow the pattern of the same pattern that Satan tried to influence and make Eve, well, the end of that road is destruction. The end of that is eternity without God. Hell. Actually, a lake of fire. But the other path, is life and peace. And so God's, I want to pause on that, okay? So now we have to change our minds. You see that. Eve had to change her mind, and so do we. Otherwise, we can fall captive just like Eve did. But God has given us, okay, uh, now, you guys see this up here? Does anybody know what this is? Anybody want to take a shot? Okay, see it? Uh, does anybody have a garden or plants? These things grow up in your garden. 
weeds, yes, okay? So I, I'm not that good at taking care of a garden. I actually learned how to do that here. Um, but I am good at doing these because, uh, taking care of these weeds because, um, in Arizona we had weeds too. It just was, looked a little different. Um, but, uh, yeah, so in light of that, wh- what do you have to do if you want to take care of your garden and your flowers and your plants? What do you have to do? Pull weeds, right? Okay. And so if you don't, what happens? It takes over. It gets bigger, deeper roots in the soil, takes the nutrients from the plant, okay, and eventually it'll take over. And like that, like our thoughts, if we don't pull the weeds, if we don't manage them or deal with them, they'll eventually affect our behaviors. Because like I told you, your behavior, our behavior is just a product of the way you think, what you believe. So if we don't pull out these bad thoughts, it'll affect our behaviors, and this behavior will eventually catch up to you, and it'll affect your life. Amen? Come on. Has anybody ever changed their mind before? <laughs> Come on now. I'm sure if, you, if you're married, <laughs> and if you're not, still, you, I'm sure you've changed your mind. If I gave you a, man, my mind would be, think of two yummy desserts, okay? I think about a cheesecake. I like cheesecake. Cheesecake is one of my favorite desserts. Think of yours. Keep that in mind. And my other dessert, okay, don't hate. Rainbow sherbet. Some of you say don't stone. It's not ice cream, but I love rainbow sherbet, okay? So on, on a day, I'd probably wrestle and have to change my mind a couple times to see which one I wanted, okay? And the base, basically, the one I wanted would probably be the one that would, I would believe would satisfy me the most. And I'm here to tell you, conforming to this world to f- pattern, that's not going to satisfy you. It'll never satisfy you because God's will is perfect, pleasing, and good. His way will satisfy you. So we have to change our minds. In the Bible, it's called renewing our minds. In Romans 12, 2, it says renewing our minds. And sorry, Chris, I'm not following the notes at all. Sorry about that. (laughs) But (laughs) he's like, what notes? I I, I tried, but (laughs) I just can't. All right, here we go. So how do we renew our mind? What's the step we have to take to get rid of the bad stuff? Pull them out. But how do you... You got to capture it. You got to grab hold of it and yank it out. But you can't just stop thinking, right? But the first thing that we have to do, let's look at God's word and see what it says here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5, it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Did you hear that? Paul's saying we're not like the world. We don't fight like the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, actually, they have divine power. Did you hear that? They have divine power to do this. Watch this, okay? If you're dealing with fear, if you're dealing with depression, if you're dealing with anxiety, if you're dealing with this, I'm not saying you're going to get away from that and you can't deal with that on your own. Uh, All of us deal with, you know your battlefield, but I'm telling you this, God's given us a weapon to, divine power, Paul says, to demolish strongholds. You're saying, Pastor Andy, I can't get free of this thought. I can't get free of this behavior, of this sin in my life. Well, I'm here to tell you today, you're going to get free. Because the Bible says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Amen? So my first point is take your thoughts captive. But you have to go, like when you're pulling weeds, you have to capture it and pull it out. Okay? So what am I saying here? Slow down. Think about the way you think. Say, "Is, is this coming from me? That I just have a silly thought based off of what someone said about me? Or is this coming up with God's word? Oh, I'm not feeling loved today. I don't, I'm not feeling worthy today. 
Is that coming from me? Is that coming from maybe something that I believed along the way? Or does that line up with God's word? Is that what God's word says about me? It's important to capture your thought and see where it's coming from. Take it captive. But we can't just stop thinking. So how do we take it captive and get rid of it? Because we have to get rid of thoughts that are not from God. Otherwise, if you don't, you're just going to keep being like the world, truthfully. You're going to fall into that pattern. So how, how do we... How do we take it captive and get rid of it? Anybody know? What was that? Replace it. Come on. Replace it. Yes. Philippians 4.8. Paul's talking from a place of imprisonment. This is his second time being imprisoned. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these such things. You know, all those things that are mentioned in that? You know where to find all that? Right here. Right here. Okay? I want to give you a visual. And this is where it gets fun. I want to give you a visual, okay? I'm not going to try to spill stuff because I heard uh, Lizzie told me that this dye, um, it stains. (laughs) And we just got new carpet, so Pastor Brent, I'm going to try my best. All right, so yes, this is our mind, okay, and it's filled, and the bowl is just, it's just to catch the water so that way I don't make a mess, okay? So, for those of you who don't know, this is an object lesson to help you capture my point here. All right, and so, here we go, we have our mind here, everybody thinks, everybody has their own thoughts and everything that they wrestle with, okay? Uh, I don't know what that is, but you do, and we're all, we may not understand each other, but we're all in the battle, okay? And so, now here, you got maybe fear or depression or anxiety and it begins to corrupt that pureness of how clear it was okay and you begin to maybe doubt what god's word says and and so you maybe take maybe maybe you're here today and this is what i wrestled with for a long time i took thoughts captive and i tried to replace them with god's word i tried and i'm sure some of you have too and i was like it didn't get rid of it I tried, God. How come you're not answering? I relate. I understand. I've been trying it for years. And this verse that I'm telling you about, it's a daily verse. Because it can't just stop at one time of getting God's word in you. It's got to be continual. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll try even longer. It's, it's still there, God. I still have some thoughts that I'm wrestling with that I... I, I still don't see your freedom, and I see your word and what it says and your promises, but I don't, I don't feel that. I don't, I, I can't, I'm not experiencing that. I'm still wrestling and struggling with the things that I'm struggling with, God. Even though I'm a pastor, that doesn't mean I don't struggle just like you. I, don't, I, I wrestle with thoughts every single day, and I want to find freedom, and I'm here to tell you there's freedom. Take your thoughts captive. Continue to replace them with God's word. And when you continue to do that, this is God's word. When you continue to replace them and replace them and replace them, and you don't stop, but you keep replacing them with God's word, ultimately what's going to happen when you don't quit, when you don't give up, and you keep your trust in God, it's going to become pure once again. It's going to become innocent once again. You're going to be cleansed of all unrighteousness, not because of anything you did, but because of God's word. And you know who God's word is? His name's Jesus. And Jesus came to change and transform you. That's what we believe we exist to, to leave and love and connect people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Amen? Come on, we can just stop right there and praise God if you want to. Amen. Amen. So I'm saying, this verse is a daily verse. This verse is a life verse. 
Because we have a temptation every single day. Because that tempter is out there to get you, just like he's to get me to conform to the world. But God came so that way we'd have victory. It does get easier to replace your thoughts over time. It does. At first, I didn't believe that way. I didn't think that way. For years. Lots of years. But you'll see. Now you see my other visual here. Like I said, it's not for you, Dave. <laughs> it's for me. I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, but when, when you make jello, its form is, is not solid first. It's liquid. The ingredients here, you have the ingredients here. You have what you need right here. As you continue to take your thoughts cap to replace it with God's word continually, it'll eventually set. Because this form, Jello's form, what it's supposed to do, it's supposed to be solid. But it takes time. It takes time. That's my third point. That as you continue to take your thoughts captive, you replace your thoughts with God's word. Your mind is going to be transformed, changed, and it's going to set into who he made you to be. So set your mind, my last point here, is set your mind on God's word. Romans 12, 2 says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind. This is daily. This is your battle daily. But I'm here to tell you, you're going to know God's will, and it's perfect, it's pleasing, it's good. I'm going to close with this. Matthew 4, verses 1, uh, Matthew 4, verses 1 to 11. If you want to, you can turn there. If you don't, that's okay. Okay, the first Adam came. His name was Adam. <laughs> the second Adam came. It would be known as Jesus. But the, the difference was Jesus was perfect. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is the one that we lean on. But I want you to think about this for a second. Jesus, this is where he would be tested in just a small attested by Satan, okay? I want, to th- I want you to think about the setting here, though. Adam and Eve were in a perfect garden in a relationship with God. Jesus, when he's tested by Satan, he would be in a wilderness with beasts and the devil there. And on top of that, he would have, would have fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Has anybody ever fasted before? It's really hard, <laughs> especially if you like food. I like food. <laughs> so um, he did it for 40 days, 40 nights. So you know His physical body literally needs to survive food and water to survive. Okay, we're understanding the setting now. Adam and Eve had it perfect. Jesus came and he said, okay, even in your lowest moment where you don't think that you're going to survive, I'm going to show you that you're going to be able to survive. But this is how. The tempter came. uh, After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Oh, well, first, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, he said to him this, okay? He questioned who he was. He says, if you're the son of God, show us. (laughs) Isn't that what Satan tells you? If you're God's kid, you need to do something to be loved by him. You need to show us. You need to prove it. That's a lie. You could take that thought captive right now and replace it with God's word. You don't have to do anything. Jesus already did it all for you and for me. Come on. Satan says to him, the tempter came and said to him, if you're the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. 
Let's see what Jesus thought about now, okay? Let's see what his response is. Because remember, I told you his behavior, his actions came back to what he thought about the most. And actually, he would attest to um, the Pharisees later that, hey, I don't do anything on my own accord. I do everything I see the Father do. So in order to do what everything that the Father is, is, is doing, I have to think like the Father. And we actually see that here. And he didn't answer Satan's temptation. He, he didn't answer as the Son of God. He answered as a man to, to show us that, hey, we can have freedom as a man. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. That even Satan, I know I'm hungry. I know you're going to throw a temptation at me. I know that. But even more importantly, what has to come before my physical is my spiritual, my relationship with God. The only way I'm going to hear from him is a relationship with him and hearing what his word has to say. That's where it has to start. That's what Jesus told us he thought about. That's what he told Satan. This is what I think about Satan. Then the devil's like, ah, okay, I was just testing you, Jesus. All right, and I was just messing with you. Let's, here, come, 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 come. Let me take you to the holy city, to Jerusalem. You, 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 you've probably been here before, okay? This is my next offer for you, because Satan doesn't just stop sometimes on one. He comes back, and, and so he comes back to Jesus, to the highest point of the temple, and go to our next slide here. It says, um, if you are the son of God, he's still questioning who he is, throw yourself down, for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you. On the other hand, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. What was he saying now? Oh, Jesus, you know scripture? <laughs> oh, uh, Aaron, you know scripture? Oh, let's see if you know some scripture here. Let me just add my little twist to it, and let's see if you believe this, okay? He will command his angels concerning you on their hands, and they will bear you up. If you go back and read that scripture, that's why it's important not just to read scripture, to know it and study it, memorize it. Pastor Brent said, like a cow that chews on its cud. Mm, 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 mm. Okay, you can get that image in your head. That's how we're supposed to be with God's word. Um, and we can see, based off of Jesus' response, what he was about. Because he said, all right. Again, it is written, Satan. I see your twist, but I know thy heart of my God. He's good. He's trustworthy, and you shall not put him to the test. Okay, it doesn't say that in the scriptures, but I'm sure Jesus was thinking that. You shall not put the the Lord, your God, to the test. What was he saying to Satan? Stop twisting God's words. Stop taking away from what God's word says. When the devil tries to tell you what he thinks scripture is, stop tempting God. Your punishment's already finished. It's final. God's word is eternal. His decision for you is the lake of fire. Get out of here, Satan. Man, I'm getting ahead of myself. Here we go. Again, the devil took him to the very high mountain. He's like, all right, all right, all right, man. You're good, Jesus. You know God's word. <laughs> you know God's heart. You, you care about that, Jesus. Okay, you think about that. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. He took him and showed him everything. All the beauty of God's creation. And he said, you don't have to go to the cross. <laughs> There's an easy way. I, I'll just give you it. I'll just give. I'll, I'll just give you what I what I took from your creation. I, I'll give it back to you. All you got to do is worship me. All you got to do is think about what I want you to think about. Believe what I want you to think about, and and, and worship that. And worship me. You can have it all. You don't have to go through pain. You don't have to go through suffering, Jesus. You can have the glory. There's a shortcut. 
to your destination. There ain't no shortcuts in following God. There's no shortcuts. Jesus said to him, and this is what I said to Satan this week too, because I was so fed up with Satan. But, and when you draw near to God, I'm here to tell you, when you draw near to God, when you resist the devil, the Bible says he will flee from you. And this is exactly what happened. happened. Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan. Come on, somebody say, be gone, Satan. Come on, say it like you mean it. Be gone, Satan. Get out of here. For the scriptures say, you must worship. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. What was Jesus getting at? He says, whatever you believe is what you will worship. And whatever you will worship, you will serve. And I'm here to tell you, yeah, my people might have messed up, but I'm making a way for them to have victory in their minds because they were made in my likeness. They were made in my image. They were made to worship me and believe in me. His name is Jesus. Amen? Next verse, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. I don't know what your thoughts are. I don't know what you've been wrestling with. God does. He's here to set you free today. He's here to tell you what he thinks and remind you of his goodness, his mercy, that you can trust him. His will is good. It's pleasing. It's perfect. Anything contrary, it's not just a moment of satisfaction, but with an eternal consequence of being spending life without God. So I want to close with this. Take your thoughts captive. Replace them with God's word. And set your mind on God's word continually. Set your thoughts on God's word continually. Maybe you need freedom today. Jesus paid that price. You can have freedom. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed... Maybe you're watching online. Maybe it was a battle to watch online. Maybe you're a battle to be here. You know that first step is hearing from God's word. Jesus said, I don't live by the things, just the things in this world, bread alone. I live by every word. I live by a relationship with God. That's the first starting step. If you have not given your life to Jesus, and believed in him as your Lord and Savior. Know what he did for you on that cross to save you from your sins. If you want to give your life to him and ask for the forgiveness of your sins and believe him as your Lord and Savior, with everybody's heads bowed, eyes closed, can we repeat this prayer or, or repeat this after me? And you mean this with your whole heart. This is between you and God. This is not about anything else that's going on around us. It's about you and what God's speaking to you. Dear God, Please forgive me of my sins for believing something else other than your word. Thank you for sending me your word. His name's Jesus. I believe in you, Jesus, as my Lord, as my Savior. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If the worship team can come up at this time, if you have thoughts that you've been wrestling with, I want you to give them to God today. Take them. Allow him to minister to you. Allow him to speak to you today. But take those thoughts captive. Replace them with God's word and allow God to speak to you because that's going to change you. That's going to transform you. You weren't made to be like everybody else. You weren't made to look like, the, like in Transformers, like the car beside you. You were made to transform 
into God's likeness, into his son's likeness. You're his children, and you can have freedom in your mind. Let's stand up and let's worship and allow God to speak to you and minister to you today. Amen. thank you, Lord, that that's what we were made to do. We were made to worship you, Lord. So whatever lie we believed, whatever way your stronghold or foothold Satan has had in our life, God, God, we take it captive right now. And we thank you that the cross, it's done, it's finished, it is written. And we can have freedom in our mind, Lord, because we weren't made to be like the world. We were made to worship you to believe in you, to worship you, and to serve you only. A God that's so good, a God that's so pleasing and so satisfying, a God that's so perfect. Would you speak to us in this day, God? And would you remind us every single day as we battle in our minds, God, to take our thoughts captive, to replace them with your word, and to continue to set our mind on God's word. Because eventually, we're not going to be like the world. We're going to be changed. We're going to be transformed into your likeness, your children, God. Innocent, pure, blameless, valuable. Not because of anything we did, but because of all you did for us. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. Greet each other as you leave, and God bless.